Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Hello, and you're very welcome to this week's episode of Your Time with James Sweetman. It's a special episode. It's my 50th. I can't believe where those weeks have gone. And it's equally special because I'm honoured this week to be joined by my first ever interview guest. And my goodness, I couldn't have, I couldn't have come across a, a, a better lady to speak to, Dr. Sinead Kane. Sinead, you're so welcome. And thank you for joining me on my podcast. Well, thanks very much, James, for having me on and wanting to hear my story and my insights. Oh, well, you know, as, as we know, we've met a few times at conferences and at events. And, you know, I always find you so inspiring. And I think the challenge, as we were saying just beforehand, is to is to keep this podcast short, because usually when we're speaking, we can we, we, we could talk the houses down um, mm. Uh, let me give you a little bit of a background on Sinead. My goodness, her biography is, is so incredible. Sinead is a keynote speaker, a double PhD doctorate, a double Guinness World Record holder, a freelance researcher, a qualified lawyer, uh, and a visually impaired athlete. Back in October 17, she received an honorary PhD from the National University of Ireland. And then only a few weeks later, she was awarded her academic PhD from Dublin City University, my old alma mater. Uh, in February 18, she broke the Guinness World Record for the furthest distance for a female on a treadmill in 12 hours. Uh, Sinead is the first blind person to complete a marathon on each of the seven continents, a feat which she completed in less than seven days back in January 17. She's also the first Irish female athlete to do the World Marathon Challenge. Uh, this is remarkable given that Sinead only did her first marathon back in October uh, 14 and took up running in April 2012. And you know, the above achievements are admirable, but even more so when you consider that Sinead only has 5% vision and is registered as legally blind. Sinead has overcome a lot of adversity throughout her life and now wants to help others. And Sinead proves how those who persist in spite of a disability can develop determination, motivation, and creativity. And as I say, Sinead, it's, it's such an honor for you to be on this podcast as my first guest. Um, I'd like to think in the in the way we've connected over the years, we've sort of become good friends and a good mutual support. And I know I've certainly found you and your talk so inspiring. So let me let me throw a question at you. For someone who's so inspiring herself, what inspires you, Sinead? I think inspiration can be found everywhere in every day. Um, I suppose for me, what inspires me is family and friends. Right. Family and friends have the ability to bring out the best in you and they can be there to bring you through the good times and the bad times. They can pick you up when you fall down and mm -hmm. they can be there to patch on the back when you need it, um, when you feel like you've achieved something. So suppose for me, firstly, it would be family and friends and then Secondly, I'm inspired by nature. I love spending time in nature mm. and experiencing the beauty and simplicity of, of it. I find it very refreshing, invigorating and inspiring. And yeah. I think nature can be experienced anywhere. So whether it's a pot plant on whether it's a pot plant on your desk or whether it's um the re um being in the Amazon rainforest. <laughs> anything in between so yes. I think it depends on your mindset and what you perceive as nature 
Yes, yes. It's interesting. I often say, um, for me, we often go on a walk ourselves here on a Sunday morning. I often say nature is my church is one of the phrases that often comes to mind for me. And and what's interesting, of course, at the, at the moment, and we're recording this just after St. Patrick's Day, where, you know, the COVID-19 crisis is, what was it, Leo Varadkar said, we're at the can before the storm. And um, I think connecting with our sources of inspiration is even more important now, I think, for all of us um, as a way to fuel ourselves. Is there anything in particular you're doing at the minute, Sinead, with all of this external craziness in the world? Well, as I was saying there, what inspires me, say, with my family and friends and nature, and, and I suppose also two other things that inspire me would be the arts, music, mm. books, and my goals and dreams. Um, I suppose with the whole situation with COVID-19, my goals and dreams are a bit hampered. Um, yeah. and I suppose in that situation, then you have to balance up um, your priorities and you have to practice gratitude. So each day, even though I have goals, each day I'm practicing gratitude. Um, I'm saying to myself, well, what am I grateful for today? Yeah. And today I'm most grateful for my health. Yeah. I'm grateful for the luxury of having a house and having a home. Um, and then I'm also trying to um, just focus on things that I can control. So yes. um, such as have I taken my vitamin C today? What vitamins have I taken in? My fruit, my veg, rather than going out doing all this panic buying of toilet roll, yeah. I'm more focused on the actual health and making sure that I'm healthy yes. um, and protecting my own mental well-being and my physical and people like people might say oh sure I can't get out now to do exercise but mm. you can you can go out for a walk or you can make exercise at home I think this whole situation will bring out the best in people but it'll yeah. also bring out the worst in people as well yeah. Um, and I also think as well that it'll bring out creative, um, imaginative aspects of people. So people at home have cabin fever, but I think they'll come up with creative solutions to entertain, entertain themselves, but also entertain their family members yeah. in the house as well. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you completely, Sinead. I was only thinking recently myself that, you know, in the past we might think of things like, um, you know, well-being and self-care as maybe indulgent or optional, whereas nowadays, certainly for me, it's it's essential. It's like we, we have to mm. connect with our sources of inspiration. We have to do what allows us to to resource ourselves. And and I do agree with you. There's great you can see it already with some of the hashtags on social media, things like, you know, in it together or th that new great one I've come across, which I think started in Canada is like care mongering, you know, like a, a play on scare mongering, care mongering. Um, and um, uh, I, I see this whole cocooning period, again, to use the government's word as a as a time to reset and to, to reassess what's important to us. And of course, that always brings us back into the territory of, of gratitude. Um, one I of think the, you have to ask yourself the hard questions yeah. in the situation. Like a lot of people yeah. are thinking that this situation will be resolved by the end of March and that mm. we're only going to be staying indoors for two weeks. But I think you have to be realistic and, mm. and say to yourself, 
there is going to be a lot of difficult and disruptive days. Mm -hmm. um, from my experience of growing up, things haven't always gone right for me. And I see myself as a very resilient person. And mm -hmm. I, I think situate like I've never been in this type of situation, COVID-19 before. And I'm drawing, I'm drawing on past experiences of where I went through hardship and adversity. And I've thought to myself, well, how did I get through those moments? And if I was able to get through those moments, I need to take strength from those to help me get through this current oh. COVID situation. And then you also have to balance up the scales. You have to say to yourself, well, do I prefer to be locked up um, in, in, in my house for a month or do I prefer to lose my life? And I think when you kind of put it in that one sentence, yes. then you should be preferring to be locked up for in your house for a month. Like, um, I think with everything, it will pass. And that's what yeah. I keep telling myself. So it might take a month, it might take six months, it might take it even a year, mm -hmm. but this will pass. Like, it's not going to go on for the rest of my entire life. So yeah. that gives me hope knowing yeah. that it will pass. And every time I... I suppose you have to protect yourself and you only have to look or listen to a certain amount of information about COVID-19 each day. Um, and I only look at my phone or listen to my phone a certain amount each day, because if, if you are scrolling your phone all day long, you start going insane. Oh, so, oh um, yes. Yeah. Just that constant drone of news, I think, is route one to, to higher stress mm -hmm. levels. It's interesting what you're saying there, Sinead, about thinking about times in the past when we were struggling or felt afraid and to draw on the inner qualities that that pulls us through. I'm quite sure, even if you take some of your athletic feats, um, you know, the seven marathons in seven days or the 12 hours on the treadmill, there, there must have been times when that was so tough. Um, can you think back on any occasions and you think of, well, what just kept you going when you think of those athletic feats? What, what kept you putting um, one foot in front of the other? Well, I think kind of my goals and my dreams they inspired me to keep going and um and it really because it was telling me that by achieving this that it was going to give me success and it was going to build my confidence and I think breaking things down into smaller chunks like when I got on the treadmill to do the 12-hour treadmill record that just sounded it just sounded too daunting to mm -hmm. me knowing that I was stepping on the treadmill to do 12 hours so it all comes down to self-talk um, and the self-talk that I did was um, I'm only doing three marathons on this treadmill. Now that might sound daunting <laughs> to another person, yes. but for me that sounded easier than 12 hours. So you have to kind of, whatever works best for you in your self-talk, so you have to kind of trick your mind into believing that this isn't going to be as hard as what it is going to be. Um, and so that's by breaking it down into manageable chunks. So for me, there was going to be three chunks. Uh, yes. So in other words, three marathons. So I was just kind of focusing on getting through the first marathon and then reassessing how I felt, etc. Um, and then having a supportive team around you, yes. that's what also helped me get through it. Um, knowing the reason why I wanted to do it. We all have our surface level reasons why. 
Um, but I think for me, I had very deep inner reasons why that I suppose I don't really disclose yes, to anybody, sure. whether it be my family or anybody. Um, I think you need to have know that. Yes. Um, and some people don't know the reason why. They don't know their deep down reason why as to why they're doing things. Um, and then that's where that I think that's what kind of stops your goal or makes you end up quitting your goal because they're not fully in tune with why they're doing something. Yes, the deeper motivation I get you. And 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 I, I often, how would I describe it, that, that sense of inner motivation. You know, it's not the carrot and the stick surface level stuff, as you mentioned, but that inner motivation, I think, is a really precious thing because it goes to the core of ourselves. It's not necessarily what we're doing, but it's an expression of who we are. Uh, the teamwork bit is interesting. And I know you often make the point Sinead, of um, uh, thanking or at least referencing John, your guide runner. And of course, I've met John a few times as well. And I remember both of you doing a, a fascinating and insightful and somewhat humorous talk as well, I have to say, on teamwork. Um, and I know in the current environment that a lot of maybe physical teams are now separated because people are working from home or working more remotely where that's possible for them. And um, as you would see it, what's some of the some of the vital components of teamwork? Um, for me, having a team that is invested in the same goal and are equally committed to that goal. Yes. So I think that's quite important so that everybody's looking at the same goal and are equally committed. Um, having a team that you can trust um, mm -hmm. no matter what the difficulties are in encountering them. Um, and for me, the heart of effective teamwork is culture. I think to be an effective team, the culture has to focus on leadership, ownership and relationships. I think each team member needs to show leadership, take ownership of their specific role within the team and also strive to create and build relationships of trust, loyalty um, and support and um, support other team members. Yes. So for yes. Me, it really does come down to the culture that is created within the team. I think the culture has to focus on setting clear goals and expectations. That's I feel one of the most important ingredients in leading a team. Um, so having yep. clear goals and expectations, delegation, spreading the group work um, around will foster a sense of ownership in, in the players or in the work staff. Having everyone understand their unique role is vital to the overall success, I think. And yeah. I also think like reward and praise. So praising your culture, making sure um, that the leader, or the coach focuses on praising the right kind of culture. If you value hard work and maximum effort when you see it, praise it. Mm. Or if your team identity is based on working on individual goals, praise, praise the individual goals that were done within the team. So focusing on the right kind of team behavior, yes. I believe, yes. is important. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, it's a fascinating area that because one of the things that I find when I'm working with groups and organizations is that I suppose it's the modern phrase of authentic leadership where everyone has a leadership role within the team. Um, and also, as you say, um, recognizing and rewarding and praising the, the desired behaviors, as it were. And um, it's interesting, I think, with the current climate and the current crisis and there's so much more emphasis being placed on say kindness and compassion and i've often found in 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 the last year or two that those qualities are now present in effective teams modern effective teams anyway you know compassion for your colleagues and i think maybe that's something that will be heightened in the uh, in the current environment as well where we're just look, you know, where where it makes sense to look out for each other a little more, which is what good teamwork is about when you think about it. Um, the, um, uh, of course, there's so many aspects to to what you do, Sinead. I know, as I mentioned, you're a speaker, and we must give uh, listeners your um, contact details. But you're a speaker, runner. Certainly, you've practiced the law in the past. Um, an inspiration for many people. A groundbreaker. And um, what aspects of what you do, Sinead, do you enjoy the most? Um, the most satisfaction at the minute because i'm sure it changes all the time well i think it gives me confidence uh it allows me to travel the world yeah. gives me a platform to speak about issues that i'm passionate about um it highlights that people with disabilities can achieve so for me they be the main things confidence getting to travel the world and having a platform oh. to speak about issues that i'm passionate about I think a lot of people think, like you read out at the beginning there, a lot of my achievements, but it doesn't all come easy to mm. me. I have, like so many other people, days of despair, mm. days of rejection, days of being upset, mm. um, days of not wanting to um, like put in the hard work to pursue my goals. And it comes down to being organized and being disciplined and I think because we're living in a society that's being increasingly um, focused on instant gratification I think it's harder then to be disciplined mm. because we're more concerned about feeling good all the time so we seek immediate pleasure um, whether it's likes on social media a new car an exotic trip and because we're focused on instant gratification, we just want them then and there. And we're not willing to be disciplined and be patient and to put in the commitment and mm. to put in the hard work. We've, been, we've become comfortable in a society that seeks comfort. And obviously then that, that kind of conflicts, in my view, a bit with discipline and patience. Yes, and, um, and putting in the work. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm always reminded of that Michelangelo quote. I think, you know, people, if people knew how hard I worked, they wouldn't marvel at my genius, you know, and mm -hmm. equally, equally what you're saying, because I can relate to it 100% is, you know, it's being human as well. We have, we have our ups, we have our downs. And even, you know, when we look at, when we look from the outside in at other people who've achieved different things or who've done different things, you know, we forget that we're all human at the end of the day. And I think that's something else that this current crisis is just reminding us of, you know, that it's human to feel down and anxious and fearful in the same way as it's human to be excited and to be, 
full of joy. It's it's the whole spectrum of emotions. Yeah. Gosh, gosh, we could talk all day today. That's the challenge. Mm-hmm. Let me let me um uh give you a, an opportunity to just share how people can contact you because i think you have a web, sh- web a, a, a good website Sinead. um it's sineadkane.ie and then i'm also on instagram kane sinead 777 twitter yes. kane sinead facebook sinead speaker Gosh, you're on all platforms. I'll make sure that it goes up on the description of this podcast and that as well. But your main website is Sinead Kane, S-I-N-E-A-D-K-A-N-E dot I-E, you said, Sinead, yeah? Yeah. Dot I-E, grant. One of the things as we move to a close here is, um, and, I, and, and hopefully there'll be a few more interviews with other guests on on my podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman, over the coming weeks and months, but a few little uh, questions to, to give us an insight into our get in, into the into my guests uh, based on, on an adaptation of the famous Proust questionnaire. So a few quick fire ones, Sinead. What's your what's your most cherished possession? Um, my health, my family, my house, and happy memories that I've shared with my family. Oh, lovely! And I love that thing you mentioned earlier about happy memories as well, about as a way to resource ourselves. So beautiful. Is that if like I your? Had, mm. If I had to choose a material possession, yes. it would be jewelry from loved ones, my ah. phone, family photos, my PhD degrees, your certificate, yeah, uh, uh, Guinness World Records, um internet because it allows me to connect with the world um, and growing up my most cherished possession was my family pet she- oh oh a dog a cat a dog a dog okay we grew up with dogs too lovely uh is that that you're currently reading or learning Sinead um I like learning from experts in their field mm. so I have a big interest in running and nutrition I like listening to John O'Regan's podcast, No Finish Line, which features athletes' interviews and discussion on running, training, traveling, and adventure. Uh-huh. I like reading books that yes. deal with self-help or um, psychology. I also like reading true stories. I read the books of J.C. Lee Dugard and also Amanda Berry. The, those books related to um, the American kidnappings. So and them being kidnapped and held captive oh, in a small confined room or shed for several years. And the reason why I've an interest in those type of books um, is because it amazes me that here's these two young girls, separate type of stories, but two young girls who were both kidnapped and held captive for many years. And the books are quite dark and upsetting but I'm intrigued as to how both of them survived for so many years mm. uh, and how their minds allowed them to stay sane despite all the abuse they endured. So like even when we're going through this period of COVID-19, a lot of people are um, giving out about oh cabin fever for two weeks, but I kind of then say, and I find myself doing it, but then I kind of try and put a bit of perspective on it. And I kind of say, oh, well, look at those amazing people, Amanda Berry, JC Lee Dugard, who were held captive for nearly up to 20 years. Um, or look at people who were in prison who who have their freedom taken away. So our freedom is being taken away to a certain extent, but it's not as bad as what it could be. So um, now I suppose that's just me trying to, put um 
a good perspective on what's happening because I think you have to sometimes make a bad situation a bit easier yeah, again yeah. like I was telling you there a while ago with the treadmill um I try and tell myself that this could be worse yes Yes, it's funny. I have a. I was gifted a book recently by Raymond Poole. I think you know Raymond, who does the mm-hmm. Project Management Summit. I think we, we both spoke at that a little while ago. Um, and his 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 book, it's gas that you mentioned. It is um, it's just out. It's uh, nothing so bad that it couldn't be worse. That's the title of of Raymond's book. Um, and and that resonates based on what you're saying. And the resilience of the the resilience of the human spirit for sure. If if we were to close with. Sorry, Sinead, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, like, even there for the past few months, all my focus has been trying to qualify for the Paralympic Marathon. But even at this stage, because of COVID-19, we don't even know if the Olympics will go ahead, Mm. if the Paralympics will go ahead. And I suppose the negative mindset can can get into your head and be saying to yourself, which I've been saying to myself, like, oh, I've wasted all these months spending so much time run training. Um, why has this happened to me? And you can keep questioning what if. And um, But again, you just have to, I can't control whether the Olympics or Paralympics are going to go ahead or not. But what I can control is my immediate um, short-term goal, which is to just stay fit and try and be healthy for any opportunity that might present itself. Yes. Yes, that is that is sound advice for all of us. Sinead, I'm a, I'm aware of the the time, and I'm aware of your generosity in um, in in joining me today on the podcast. If if we were to close with me asking you if there's any little motto, is there a motto or a little phrase or a little saying that you would claim as your own? What might it be? Um, there's lots. Uh, be visionary mm-hmm. or be blind. The choice is yours. Mm-hmm. um that that would be m- my main thing um or be the thing in my head just one more step or pain is temporary this will pass turn setbacks into comebacks but for me it's about either choosing to be visionary or choosing to be blind and that the choice lies with you so yeah. really coming down to am I going to be positive or am I going to be negative and your attitude towards your day is how your day will unfold that's that's given me goosebumps um, uh, and, and I've had a lovely note to finish on, Sinead. Again, thank you for joining me. Let me give the the, the listeners the, um, uh, the link to your website again. So it's Sinead Kane, that's Kane with a K, dot uh, I-E, and all of the information about Sinead and how to contact her and the different topics that she uh, does, does wonderful motivational and inspirational speeches on for future conferences and events. And of course, as Sinead said as well, that she's contactable across all social media platforms. So Sinead, I'm going to thank you once again for joining me today. We could have kept this going and maybe down the road we'll have a follow-up chat when, when as you say, this too has passed. Uh, so thanks again, Sinead. Thanks, James. 